A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. This is John Katsimatidis. It's Cats at Night and the number one show at 5 o'clock. And uh, with us uh, today is uh, General Jack Keane and one smart individual. And he ran he ran our country and ran our uh, troops for a while. General, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great, John, and I hope you are as well. I am. Uh, I, I just got off the phone with Gordon Chang. I want to take two aspirins, and uh, <laughs> I tell you, what's going on in the Pacific uh, today? Is the the China sound, sign, uh, signed an agreement with the Solomon Islands to uh, provide security for the Solomon Islands? Uh. Yeah, I'm I'm aware of it. The Chinese continue to march forward. That's for sure. They're they're pursuing their own national interests at the expense of the United States and our allies. Crazy. We got to stand up to it. Crazy. Uh, fill in the American people are waiting to hear your voice to fill them in on what the heck is going on with Russia, and uh, and with the Ukraine. I mean, nobody knows what the, the what the truth is anymore. What's going on? Okay, so obviously Russia has has entered a, a different phase of the operation, having. Having failed in phase one to take uh, the capital city and topple the government and the other major cities, they have reverted to a, a much smaller operation, less complicated, and certainly less ambitious. And that is to secure the, the Donbass area in southeastern Ukraine. This is an area so our audience understands that they have had a presence in since 2014, contested by the Ukrainians, and it's stalemated, where they designated two breakaway republics, uh, Donetsk and Luhansk. The Donbass region itself is much larger than that, about two-thirds larger than uh, than those two breakaway republics. And that is what the Russians are trying to take control of now, as well as uh, seizing Mariupol, which is likely to happen. Now, this operation, um, for them, gives them some advantages because they're only conducted one operation as opposed to four, which is what they were doing at the beginning of the invasion. So that's what I meant by less ambitious and less complicated. They can consolidate their forces here. Their supply lines they're much closer to because Russia is close by. And also, they have some familiarity with the area because they their units in the southern military district have been ocup- uh, operating there for the last eight years. On paper, they look stronger than the Ukrainians by about two to one in terms of people and and uh, combat equipment. But on the ground, they're displaying some of the same performance problems, uh, John, that they had in the north. It's uh, crazy. Morale, I mean, it's crazy. Logistics operations. Um, not good tactical proficiency, not very good. They made some progress, but not a lot. What they're doing is uh, a very heavy aerial and artillery bombardment throughout the Donbass sector. And then they conducted some very small scale ground operations the last two days uh, with some very limited success. Uh, Nothing compared to what would needed to be to eject the Ukrainians. Uh, and that's about where we are. General, uh, this is Rudy Washington. 
it appears to me they seem to be hands off on Odessa uh, and really closing off the loop to the Black Sea and landlocking uh, Ukraine. Uh, what, what do they want to do? They want to try to take that intact? Yeah, they tried to take Odessa, John, a few weeks ago, early on. It was a major objective of theirs. They came at it from the land, which and they wanted to surround the city and then bring naval infantry in and come at it, you know, from the beach. And that's when they sunk and, their ship. <laughs> yeah, and what happened is they the, the, the approach from the land could not get close enough to the city and they weren't going to commit the naval infantry if they hadn't done that. And so that naval infantry was deployed in Mariupol. They would still like to take Odessa, but it seems uh, remote right now that with the ability to do that. However, they are blocking off Ukraine's access to the Black Sea because their ships are outside the range of uh, Ukraine's anti-ship missiles, but they're blocking any traffic that's that would be coming into the port uh for ukraine and ukraine you know is a one of the world's largest exporters of grain and other materials and access to the sea of azov and the black sea is critical for their economy if russia succeeds in in cutting them off from the sea and making them a landlocked country uh that will be quite devastating to the Ukrainians. Any additional information on that ship that was sunk? Uh, I mean, it was uh, uh, Russia's biggest uh, cruiser or something. And, and they, they said that all the sailors died. They said some of them were rescued. What was the final toll? And were there nuclear bombs? When no, the, when no the nuclear on that. Just conventional weapons. It's a missile ship, and they had used it on a limited scale to fire missiles in the Ukraine. Most of the missiles that Ukraine is firing at various cities and you see them taking down pieces, parts of uh, apartment buildings and the like, those are mostly cruise missiles and they're being fired from air launched aircraft. Uh, and that most of them just sit right outside the border of Ukraine so they don't have to deal with Ukraine's air defense so, systems. So general- but not much from the sea. General, once again, it's Rudy Washington. Why haven't we provided stand standoff weaponry uh, that the Ukrainians could use and, you know, go after their oil supply or something like that? That would be the quickest way to <laughs> shut, shut off their money. Yeah, uh, the, the problem we had, we had anti-ship missiles that we have, harpoons, but they don't have the launchers for them. And there's some classified aspects of that I think that we didn't want to release. But we knew full well that they had uh, some anti-ship missiles uh, themselves, and the Brits have given them some anti-ship missiles as well. The, uh, the One of the problems we had in the beginning for the first few weeks, we had what I would refer to as a push system for supplies. In other words, we were pushing them equipment and supplies we thought they needed. Now we've reverted to a, a pull system where they're making up the list, and we're not giving them things we think they need. We're giving them things they want. And and we're doing much better at that now than what we were doing in the beginning. And, and but, but, John, look at When the Russians showed up on Ukraine's border in March of 2021, that was uh, 60-something days into the Biden administration's tenure as president, that is when we should have began the emergency 
supply of, of weapons that we're now doing. They actually and stopped. They we, actually, we, all, we all agree. They stopped Donald Trump's uh, uh, supply that he had already authorized. They, delayed, they, were, right. they, they delayed that from March to the summer. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. They finally let it go. And then when they showed up at 150,000 in the fall of 21, and everybody knew they were dead serious for sure. This was after Afghanistan fiasco, which I think gave Putin the impetus and the incentive to really go ahead with the operation. We delayed another shipment. And both of those shipments were delayed for the same reason. We didn't want to provoke Putin. So we went into this half-stepping at best. Always. And now we're doing this emergency resupply to try to compensate with it. it, it but it's pretty frustrating for the Ukrainians and what they've had to deal with here. General, we've got about two minutes left before we have to take a break. What else would you like to tell the American people? Well, this fight that's taking place here uh, for the Donbass is going to be pre pretty significant. I mean, if the Ukrainians can stop them, uh, great. And then could they possibly counterattack and drive them out uh, of, of Ukraine, you know, wholly and completely? That remains to be seen. We would we would like to think so when we're giving them the equipment to help them do just that. Well, there so definitely will be an opportunity. The second thing is, if Ukraine is not able to stop them and they give up some more territory, uh, I think we're going to wind up in a stalemate, which is what happened in 2014. And that we had the stalemate for eight years. That's still not a good situation for Ukraine. You got Russian troops, more of them in their territory, and they can they can rebuild and get ready and do something again in six months or a year from now. So Ukraine's got a tough situation in front of them. And we got to be all in with the NATO countries, giving them what they need as quickly as we can get it to them. Yeah, they got 75 percent of their army deployed now, the Russians. And right, uh, we right. could really set them back. I, I mean, if somebody wants to attack Russia from someplace else, <laughs> they have a problem. Uh, General... Well, Thank you for everything you've done for our country and continue to speak out for our country. God bless you and God bless America. And we'll talk to you again real soon. All right, John. Thanks a lot. Take Thank care. You. Thank you. Uh, we're going to take a break. But before we take a break, uh, I just want to say that uh, uh, General uh, uh, Judge, uh, you just talked to Definitely. Ed Cox uh, on, uh, uh, on yeah, the redistricting case. The redistricting case. And tell us what he said. All right. Uh, there was an argument today before a five-judge panel of the appellate division of the Supreme Court in upstate on the redistricting. The lower court, Supreme Court decision, was against the Democratic partisan redistricting. They expect a decision by the court by, the, uh, by Friday. And depending on what happens on Friday, uh, it could very well go to the, uh, the Court of Appeals. What's at stake here is a fair and unbiased redistricting. The Supreme Court judge uh, assigned a special master to redraw the lines, take it away from the state legislature, and we'll see what happens. And there could be, depending on the decisions in the appellate division and the Court of Appeals, there could be a delay in the primaries in June. Well, they said they made delay until August. Right, for, yeah. the, the, right now, the schedule is the end of June, right. and they can so push them over to August. I told Ed Cox to come on tomorrow to Ed show and tell be there everybody tomorrow. what the heck is going on. <laughs> Let's take a Break, and when we come back, we have Congressman Tom Swazi calling in, who's running for governor. Let's see what he has to say. Let's take that break first.